We're doing now the letters in volume four. This is letter number Tuf Tuf Dalet. That's 804. And this is dated on the 22nd day of Mar Cheshvin. And this is in the year Tuf Shin Yud Aleph. Again, this is in the end of 1950. Um, and the Rebbe addresses this to the great genius rabbi, the great chassid, the a very pleasant, um, God-fearing uh, man. And the Rebbe writes the name. They omitted the name over here because the um, contents of this letter is quite quite pointed, quite sharp, and quite uh, demanding. And uh, so I guess they hid the identity of the person. Uh, they never would put out uh, a letter with a name in which to reveal like private letters. Only They only publish these letters that have some sort of value for the general audience. They would not publish a personal letter which has which is only personal. So like a lot of these uh, uh, ideas that the Rebbe presents in this letter are applicable in other cases to many other people. So therefore they published it but they didn't put the name in because the name is not of significance and that would probably be offensive to reveal who got this letter. And the Rebbe is writing to him in response to your letter of the 14th day of Mar Cheshvin. And this is just merely um, eight days later. Uh, the Rebbe says, I'm a little bit surprised. He says, it's a little bit surprising to me because when your daughter was here and uh, we spoke she spoke with me about this whole subject matter at great length. She uh, promised me that um, she would uh, write uh, to her, to you and to her mother about our discussion that we had. And based on our discussion, your letter does not really fit, you know, it doesn't seem like if she, if she related to you our discussion and this is that you're writing now, doesn't really fit that. So the Rebbe said, I'm a little bit surprised. So, and the Rebbe explains like this. Now the Rebbe goes through various different points. Point number one, Aleph. The Rebbe says, generally it is not my way. I don't operate, I don't give orders, the Rebbe said. With the exception of exceptional cases, but Usually, I don't give anybody orders. I don't tell anybody what to do. When, only when they seek my advice, I suggest what it appears to me. I tell them what I, what I see it, the way I see it. And this was also the case over here. In the middle of the last summer, uh, this young man, the one who is destined to become your son-in-law, who is engaged to your daughter, um, he spoke to me, and at that time, I made him very clear to him my view, how I think he should settle his life so that it should be fitting for him, both physically and spiritually. And that was the suggestion that I gave, I guess Rebbe gave a suggestion to move, to become, to move away in a different community, to become a shaliach or a rabbi, whatever is there in a different community. And so, so that was my suggestion. That was not an order that I 
now as well. That is, I spoke to him back in the summer, and this was also that I suggested to him and to your daughter, uh, I suggested now. So that's number one. Number two, the idea of my suggestion was not to settle in Brooklyn, New York, or in the United States, but rather in a place that he can use his special talents and also your daughter can use her special quali- qualifications fully, to the fullest extent. And there are presently two or three places that my hope is that that would be fitting to reach that goal, that they can fully develop and fully utilize their capabilities to the utmost. Number three, at the time that I spoke to your uh, future uh, son-in-law, and also with your daughter, May They Live, I reasoned with them immediately that in truth, even if there will be difficulties, and even if there will be matters of, as he writes it, uh, hefkatus, which means lack of any uh, some or, or an orderless way, as you write in your letter. He wrote to the Rebbe, uh, meaning I guess the places maybe were not uh, very modest places, and maybe there were places. I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about, but it, even uh, even if it requires self-sacrifice. But he said, who should we? Uh, hope for? Who could we hope for that is ready to do this? Who's ready to sacrifice? Who's ready to give up? Who's ready to go up and, 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 and give up of themselves like that? Uh, if we should say that Atomim, the son of the Tom, as we learned today, is the founding of the Yeshiva Tom Chaytimimim, the 15th day of Elul, and on Atomim uh, is the one who studied in the Yeshiva, and a Tamim, the son of a Tamim, is a, son, is, a, is a student of the Lubavitch Yeshivas whose father has to study the Lubavitch Yeshiva. So if we can't expect this from a Tamim, the son of a Tamim, or your daughter who's a Tamima, the son of a, the daughter of a Tamimim, and if they're not, who, who then? But the Rebbe says point number five. You should know that the success has been shining its face for your future son-in-law. His success has been done. And for your daughter, he says. So in other words, even if it was required, some giving up, you still, who could we expect this? But he wants you, I want you to know, the Rebbe says, that your daughter and your son-in-law, future son-in-law, have had the great success that according to my view, this is in their interest. It's good for them physically no less than it is for good for them spiritually. And my reasoning is because the future that you can hope for if you settle in the United States or doesn't say where because probably that give it away who it is. All right, maybe Canada. I'm just suggesting, I don't know. I remember that. Right? I don't know, it wasn't in the United States. No, no, but he's saying, 
if you wanted, if you thought of settling in the United States or settling in Canada, I'm saying, I don't know, she doesn't say where. But they don't say that. Wait a minute, okay. But he already, the, the, he says the experiences showed that what is the best situation, successful situation uh, uh, that these young men, like his Elio, what could they expect already when they settle in these places? The Rebbe said, not much, basically, the Rebbe is saying. We've seen those who settled in the United States, those who settled in this other country, they haven't really added too much. They, they didn't really make it. They didn't really make it that much. And the Rebbe says, I don't want to prolong in that, uh, because you, being over there on the space, you know what is the end result, what happened from those young people who are really strong Hasidim in your camp, what happened to them? In other words, they didn't, they didn't grow up too much, they didn't end up uh, doing much or becoming, making of themselves that much. And during those uh, weeks uh, that they were in Brooklyn, uh, you can have just certainly looked what happened to these young people who were like your, like your son-in-law, like the one who's going to be your son-in-law. They were about the same thing. Look what happened to them. Take a look where they're standing now. They settled in Brooklyn and in New York. But on the other hand, the Rebbe says, if my suggestion is going to actually be taken out, you're going to act upon my suggestion that it's not going to be potential, you're going to actually do it, and you will travel to one of the above-mentioned places that I'm sending you, that I'm suggesting, then with there is great hope that the blessing of my father-in-law, Harini Kaparas Mishkavai, is going to escort them in their life and in a little bit of time, not too long, they will be able to settle in as leaders in a Jewish community, and I emphasize leaders, not a rav, because as my my view, they can organize that under his leadership there should be a rav, there should be a teacher, there should be a shaykh, there should be various institutions. He'll be sort of the leader of the community, and under his guidance there will be others and various different institutions. And in addition to that, with the appropriate uh, energy, also your daughter, may she live, can also grab such a position in her life, a, a position of leadership. Number five, in addition to all the above, the Rebbe says. Now we have to see the letter that he wrote to the Rebbe to really get what the Rebbe knows. The Rebbe says, in addition to all that, number five, and this is the main the main point, the Rebbe says. It was a tremendous desire of my father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, to organize settlements of Hasidim, of Chabad Hasidim, in all corners of the world. This was his intention that he sent several Chabad to Australia, he sent several Chabad from Manash to Canada, and that he spoke many times about South America and about South Africa. And we see, and we have seen, and 
certainly you too have seen that those who accepted the Rebbe's mission became the Rebbe's emissaries. So that protected them and saved them from all trouble, called Tzara Vitzukah, from any trouble and any problems, and that placed them in a corner of light, both physically and spiritually. Even if it was situations that you required success beyond nature, they experienced that beyond the nature. Especially in our case, what we're talking about, even in the ways of nature, there is a definite reason that this is going to be a good organized for them to settle, to live there is going to be to their benefit. So therefore, the blessings of my father and the Rebbe are going to add to it so much, so much more. And six, your uh, future destined to be your son-in-law agreed to all this yet in the past, the middle of the past summer. But then it wasn't ready, we weren't ready to act on it. It was just uh, theoretically speaking. Because I did not wish even to suggest before it was clear, that was before the engagement to your daughter. So before that she got engaged to your daughter, uh, I didn't want her to worry because there's another party, I want to wait till the shirah takes place. So now the situation is that you and your wife and your daughter don't see this, don't, this is not fitting for them. And they don't want this suggestion that you're destined to be son-in-law has already accepted upon himself to be one of the representatives of the previous Rebbe, Harina Kaparis Mishkovei. He already accepted basically himself. Now you're trying to take that away. So now I want you to know my Re- the Rebbe father, even though he passed away, but he continues to read the Jewish people in general, and the group of Hasidim especially. And seven evidence for the above is the story that you bring in the end of your letter, which is a story which contradicts what you're trying to say. You write that when the previous Rebbe, my father-in-law, the Rebbe, told him that you should not look so particularly for a shidduch for his daughter, when he was talking about who should he find for a son-in-law. I guess maybe the father-in-law wanted to break up the shidduch. He didn't want it to take place if they're going to uh, do this, go there, because he doesn't agree. He says the daughter doesn't want to go there. The parents don't want to go there. So he says that when my father-in-law, the Rebbe, said that, told him, he, that's what he's writing. That from a shidduch for his daughter, you don't have to be particular, should be specifically a chabad. You can take, you know, a good boy would be even if it's not a tomim, even if it's not a tomim. That's what the free, the, the, the previous Rebbe had told him. He's writing to the Rebbe. His response to the previous Rebbe was that he said to the previous Rebbe, that when we, according him, we, meaning himself and his wife, this, 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 this person, that we remember that we're going to have to marry our daughter off to somebody who's not Chabad, 
He says, our life is worthless. It's not life. You know, we want, we want our daughter to marry a Chabadnik. That's what he told the Friedrich Rebbe. So the Rebbe says like this. So think about it. The blessings of the previous Rebbe succeeded you that your daughter became engaged to a Chabad young man who is a Tamim. And now, what are they trying to do? What are you trying to do? That this Tamim, the one who is... You, 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 you got what you wanted. You wanted a Tamim. So now you're trying to take this Tamim to tear him away from the previous Rebbe. Harena is work of the previous Rebbe's work that we're suggesting. You don't want him to work for the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. And from being his emissary to fulfill, to accomplish his holy desires. But you're saying, no, whatever he had till now, that was good enough because you wanted a Tamim, and now you don't want him to continue to be with that, those advantages. Number eight, the Rebbe says, after asking your forgiveness, and I'm sure that you won't be mad at me, basically, for what I'm going to say now. So the Rebbe says like this, you must know there's an expression of my uh, father-in-law. Now he says, uh, I'm not sure what he means, here, because his father-in-law, I'm not sure, but he says, that this is saying by probably the previous Rebbe said in the name of his father that the Tamimim, those who learn the Shiva, are considered Nadir's Lahoyer. They're lamps, they give off light. It is also known the, uh, that uh, the, uh, the, the saying of our statements that according to the camel is the load, the load, which means Hashem gives everybody a load what they can carry. Uh, and if you, there's a very serious, serious um, uh, saying that one must carry a full load. You're not allowed to diminish of the load if you do a little bit, but you don't do what your full load, what you really could, your potential. That's considered to be lacking as well. So just doing and not doing fully your capacity is completely lacking. So he says, the parents of the chosen the parents of the Kala, are all Timimim. And therefore, they have the responsibility by the statement of the Rebbe Rashab that they need to be right now may becoming shining luminaries. They must be bringing light to the world. I don't know if you fulfilled this task fully, what you're supposed to do. But in, in any event, in the context, when we say to illuminate, to, to illuminate, that would include also your offsprings. That means that the Tmimim need to bring light, not only by themselves, but also through their children. So now I want you to think, the Rebbe says, what is the way that your, if your daughter and your son-in-law, who's doesn't mean son-in-law, uh, what are going to happen? Are there going to be shining lights in one of these places or in one of the suggested places? Where could they illuminate more? Where could they fill their task more? Number nine. The Rebbe says, I'm going to repeat once more. This isn't an order. 
It's only a response to what I was asked. What is my suggestion? How they should organize their life. And I cannot answer but the way I see it fit. But I just want to say to you, I don't see this as maybe or a doubtful, but uh, it is as we are hopefully from the beginning, this is very clear in my eyes, the great fortune and the great luck, if they accept this suggestion, this includes good physical fortune for them. Look at that. Number 10. Okay, so now what you finish in your letter over there, finally the letter says, this is a long letter, okay, we'll be done. So that is what you say, uh, that the joy of the wedding has, is a disturbed joy. It's not really joy now. The whole wedding was, this suggestion ruined, ruined the whole wedding. I remember says, I was shocked to read these kinds of words. Because what are we dealing with <laughs> over here? What are we doing? That you should travel to a city where there is wealth, there is thousands of Jews, may they grow, and you are able to keep Torah and mitzvahs on the greatest levels, not sending you to some desert over there, sending you to a place where there is thousands of Jews that keep Torah and mitzvahs, and you can do it on the highest levels. You are going as a agent of my father-in-law to fulfill his wishes and therefore when you're an agent of somebody you become like the person that, whose agent you are and you are taking along the powers of my father-in-law and they come with you with a standing and in a wide way you know you would you can spread yourself out and publicize the light of Torah and Judaism and the wellsprings of the Baal Shem Tov and the teachings of the Divelekim Chaim amongst our Jewish brethren. That they, so far as of now, they have no idea about Hasidus, about Yiddishkeit, about a lot of these things. Or even if they do know, they know it in a very small measure. And for unknown reasons to me and to him and to other people who are in our level, as the Rebbe brings down also from the Igeres HaKadosh Zion, they chose for this job a certain person, a certain woman, a man and a woman. They hadn't put effort in it. They didn't work at this very hard. So you're given a treasure, a fortune, an opportunity. You're, you hadn't worked for that. So not only that, but they're still, uh, they're not sure, they're, 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 they're being disturbed, everything is done. And still, you keep on patting them down, you keep on smoothing them down, um, uh, and you sort of give in to them, and you give them a tzukerkes, that's the sweets, you know, and this is what you call a disturbed simcha, Rebbe says, surprise, I'm shocked. Look what you're getting. This is the 
ultimate goodness, what one can even expect. And here you're given the opportunities, and you're saying that this is this is Rebbe says, you end your letter that you're asking my forgiveness. So Rebbe says, I don't know what, you, what I need to forgive you, he says. I says, this isn't my personal matter more than it's yours. Certainly, in the inside, each one of us wants to do what the previous Rebbe wanted. We still want, we still want to do what he wanted. And Certainly you and your wife know, had it not been your daughter, which is sort of confusing you, that through this type of service, we fulfilling the wishes of my father-in-law, the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe. Who am I? What am I? That you have to ask me forgiveness, and you don't have to ask me forgiveness. Either way, I cannot push off this service and spreading out the wellsprings in these places for a long time. It is my great request to let me know as early as possible what your decision is. Best is through a telegram, the Rebbe says. And I said before, I am not giving any command. I'm only suggesting. This is merely a suggestion. And, uh, but since I am occupied with this matter, so I am looking for fitting people. So, but if you're not doing it and you say no, then I'm going to have to turn to the right and I'm going to find somebody else. And the Rebbe ends with a blessing and asking for his greeting all of his, all the days of his life. Unbelievable. But you see, this is, this is the Rebbe's uh, encouragement and um, education of a new generation of Hasidim. Because now, people are fighting to go to a shlichus which is somewhere in no man's land to spread out yet. What? Just to, have a, just to have a place to go to spread out Yiddishkeit. But it wasn't like that in the beginning. So you see, this, this was all built up, the Rebbe's work in building up and educating a whole generation of what it means to be devoted to the Rebbe, it means devoted to Yiddishkeit, what it means to do, and what it's actually for the benefit of the people. Now, we can say it quite clearly that what the Rebbe says over here, by and large, those people who did end up going on shlichus, if you match them one for one for those who stayed behind, uh, the Rebbe's words came out 100%, even in the very physical way, that the people that went out to do the Rebbe's work, they became leaders, they were successful, they have both uh, physically and spiritually have wealth in both places, and the people that stayed behind a lot of times ended up struggling and weren't as successful as the others. So you see the Rebbe's words as the Rebbe's in actually in the very simple level also coming to fruition.